let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very Looking important. The future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. My name is Kelsey Woodill, and I am the Senior Editor for Healthcare Intelligence and Multimedia Manager at Extelligent Healthcare Media. Last week, we heard from experts in health insurance, patient engagement, life sciences, and revenue cycle management regarding their expectations for the new year. This week, we have brought together leaders in healthcare technology to share their predictions for health IT security, mHealth, electronic health records, and health IT analytics. One note before we begin the conversation. This is an updated version of the podcast episode that went live on January 16th, 2023. The original version misattributed some of the guests. The guests in order of appearance are Frank Harvey, Chief Executive Officer of SureScripts, Dr. John Halamka, President of Mayo Clinic Platform, Dr. Lee Schwamm, Vice President of Digital Patient Experience at Mass General Brigham Health System, and Robert Booker, Chief Strategy Officer and Executive Vice President of the Center of Excellence at High Trust. And now, on to the episode. We'll start with the EHR space, where Frank Harvey, Chief Executive Officer of SureScripts, indicated to healthcare strategies that interoperability efforts will continue to evolve and develop in the new year. As you know, the last few years and continuing on, healthcare technology has continued to work to help make things more efficient, to streamline. I think we'll continue to see an evolution of interoperability. Interoperability is really making the right information, the right healthcare information available to the right position at the right time they make the right healthcare decisions. And for 20 years since our founding, that's really been SureScript's purpose. You know, the electronic health information network and the largest electronic health information network in the world, our 21 billion transactions really focused on making interoperability come to life by getting the right information in the hands of the right person at the right time. What the pandemic did is it it worsened an already bad problem. The burnout in healthcare practitioners is dramatic. And as a matter of fact, it's going to get worse. The, the estimate is by 2030, there'll be a shortage of 150,000 primary care physicians. It's also, you know, one study shown that 20% of primary care physicians within the next two years plan to stop practice. 30% of overall healthcare workers said they're going to cut back on their hours. So the pandemic has been really hard and brutal on those individuals. Our focus in our work is to continue to evolve our technology to make it easier to help those transactions, to help that bright information get there, to help ease the burden on a healthcare practitioner. Uh, so I think you're going to start to see an evolving healthcare team where as the number of primary care physicians lessens and the number of other healthcare workers drop off, you're going to see pharmacists playing a larger role in that primary care triad, if you will. Pharmacists are very well clinically trained. They're all PharmDs that are getting out. They want to operate at the top of their license. They're really anxious and willing to step in and help fulfill that role. In general, a patient, particularly a high-risk patient, sees their pharmacist on average 35 times a year. They'll see their primary physician four times a year and their specialty physician nine times a year. With the with less and less of those physicians available, you're going to see that opportunity to see those physicians lessen. And those interactions they have with the pharmacist are going to become more critical and more important to their overall health care in the future. You know, it's really critical, particularly those transitions of care time, say when a patient's coming out of a hospital 
or even just a general when a, a patient is in a clinic and being treated and the, the need to get that right clinical information in the hands of the pharmacist. There are a couple of products that we have. One is clinical direct messaging. It's where messages go back and forth between either physician to physician, physician to pharmacist, pharmacist to physician. First half of the year, we sent 10 and a half million of those messages went across our network. And that's just the first half of the year. Also, if you look at the need to be able to pull the right records together, to be able to have a complete treat record to, to make the right decisions for the patient, the first half of the year utilizing record locator and exchange, one of our products, 620 million cases have gone across that in just the first half of the year to over 62 million patients. So making that critical data available to the pharmacist in the field, the other treating physicians, so they have the right healthcare information to make the right decisions for those individual patients. I think one of the biggest things facing not only healthcare organizations, but practitioners, pharmacists, and physicians, are the continuing growth of the number of specialty medications, not only from a pricing standpoint and a cost standpoint, but just from the burden, the administrative burden with, with specialty medications. We find it takes sometimes two to three weeks to get a patient on a specialty medication because so much information has to be gathered. One of the technologies our SureScript specialty med modules provide or it pulls that information together sooner to allow a patient to get on a medication quicker, multiple days sooner than they would have otherwise. Specialty medications are extremely important. They can be extremely expensive and extremely effective. So again, it's important that a patient get on the treatment as rapidly as possible without the administrative burden that many times uh, surrounds sort of those specialty drugs. And as we look to the future, more and more specialty medications are coming on the market. So this will be an even larger problem in the future. The Association of American Medical Colleges has projected a healthcare workforce shortage of between 54,100 and 139,000 physicians by 2033, due in part to physician burnout. In the first weeks of 2023, the issue has already grabbed headlines. The year's healthcare news cycle started out with over 7,000 New York City nurses going on strike in the first month of 2023, citing burnout as a major factor. Dr. John Halamka, president of Mayo Clinic Platform, predicted that in view of these high and rising burnout rates, healthcare leaders will increasingly turn to artificial intelligence or AI. Recognize that AI is math, not magic. And we need to ensure there is credible AI. One of my colleagues, Casey Ross at STAT, wrote an interesting piece that AI is a credibility problem. Right, clinicians aren't going to gravitate to using it unless they think it's going to have a helpful outcome. If it's going to be safe, it is going to reduce their burden. So what I think is going to be a major trend over these next couple of quarters is many in a government, academia, and industry working to enhance the credibility of AI. And they'll do that by making sure there's more transparency. How does it perform? How do we have a national registry of how algorithms are good or bad for a given population? I think there's also going to be software as a medical device, increasing guidance. So FDA will say where it needs to review, where you need 510K or not, based on the data you're looking at and the outcomes you're predicting and their potential risk. But here's another issue. Clinicians, nurses, doctors, they're all wildly overburdened right now. There's burnout, the great resignation, the great realignment. 
I would argue that there's no way we're going to get through our day unless we add more machine learning capabilities to our workflow. Understanding what patients need what service at what time and what setting. So we're going to have this interesting next couple of quarters where on the one hand, more transparency, more regulation, more credibility. But on the other hand, just a necessity to adopt it. Because otherwise, with the burden that we feel and the number of clinicians that we need, we're not going to get the right services to the right patients at the right time without more machine learning. So it's good. You know, I think this is a very positive trend. We make sure it's safe and we use it more. All right, so let me give you a case example. My mother is in home hospice. She um, developed a brain abscess in July of 2022. As part of her treatment, she had a number of complications. She required anticoagulation. She developed a very serious bleed. She also developed atrial fibrillation. So here's the conundrum. 80-year-old person with a history of a recent bleed in AFib. Do you anticoagulate her? or not? Well, there's a risk of rebleeding, and there's a risk of stroke. So which is a greater risk? How do I know? Have I seen as a physician of 40 years in practice, patients like this? Oh, maybe five. So if my anecdotal experience is five patients, how do I judge? So what you'll want to be able to do is say for 10 million patients like my mother, there's, I'm making this number up, of course. 64% chance that she'll re-bleed, 36% chance she'll have a stroke. Oh, well, I think I don't want to anticoagulate her. That's the kind of decision support we're going to need for these incredibly complicated non-black and white issues. Along with internal pressures from workforce shortages, external pressures from consumers will push healthcare organizations to turn to digital health solutions. Studies have shown that organizations that have healthcare consumerism as a main focus and that align technology adoption with consumers' priorities see better results in patient experience. Along these lines, Dr. Lee Schwamm, Vice President of Digital Patient Experience at Mass General Brigham Health System, indicated that healthcare consumerism should be at the forefront of healthcare leaders' minds going into 2023. I think the most important trend for healthcare executives is consumerism in healthcare. Consumers have been inundated with change in the rest of their lives with automation, modern consumer digital products, and a tremendous degree of self-service options that simply lack existence in healthcare today. And the next wave of innovation is going to be around replicating that digital service-oriented experience in healthcare. I think we'll see that in how people find a doctor, book an appointment, schedule their tests, meet with their providers for the initial or follow-up visits, and quite frankly, even consume services like laboratory tests, imaging, uh, or other things that we typically aggregate around an in-person visit. So be bold, deconstruct the traditional encounter and reassemble it in a way that increases value and efficiency. And remember that other disruptors are entering this space who know a lot about how to do that, even if they don't know a lot about healthcare. So figure out if you can partner effectively or if you really need to think about competing effectively, because those opportunities are going to present themselves very quickly and you need to be prepared. 
Given the expanding role of digital healthcare tools in healthcare delivery, it may come as no surprise that government officials will keep pushing for stronger cybersecurity in healthcare. Robert Booker, Chief Strategy Officer and Executive Vice President of the Center of Excellence at High Trust, said that healthcare leaders should expect more efforts among government agencies to align around health IT security issues. As we look at the space and we really reflect on all the activity that's going on, I think as we look at leaving 22 and going into 2023, we can expect few trends to continue and potentially accelerate. The first would be a trend towards additional prioritization and guidance forthcoming from the government. We see a significant amount of engagement and activity happening, you know, really across all, all elements of the regulatory space, ranging from you know, health and human services from CISA, from the White House, and from the legislature really looking at this important initiative around cybersecurity. So I think about things like basic hygiene practices for organizations and, you know, helping organizations establish what is kind of the entry expectation around good and robust cybersecurity programs, all while sustaining what we already have, which is, you know, really good guidance and increasingly good guidance coming forth from all those entities. Um, my sense is we'll see some level of alignment and continued synergies from the government. We'll see more and more opportunities to hear a more common voice from the government instead of hearing different perspectives from different departments and agencies. So we look to that. Lastly, you know, there are, there are really some interesting trends that happen as cyber threats continue, as, as cyber events continue to happen. You know, third-party risk continues to be a real challenge for organizations. So We'll see, you know, work in that area. And, and I just think in general, we're going to see a lot of dialogue in this area. I kind of think through my career back to probably 14 and 15, when we, at least in the healthcare sector, we saw this huge uptick in interest in cybersecurity across the private sector and clearly across regulators. It sort of feels a bit like it did in 2015 with the, the number of ransomware attacks we've seen and the risks that are emerging across the industry and our partners in the public sector and government really trying to help the industry continue to be good and get better at this problem. Thank you to all of our guests for sharing their 2023 predictions. And thank you listeners for kicking off the new year with us at Healthcare Strategies. We look forward to sharing more insights and actionable steps with you this year. If you have any thoughts that you would like to share or any questions or topics that you think that we should cover in future episodes, please reach out to me at kwadill at intelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at intelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. And also don't forget to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.